Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Before we get started with today's show, I want to tell you guys about betonline.ag. Welcome to NFL Draft 2023. Whether you're betting on Will Anderson or Will Levis, players from Houston, Ohio State, Georgia, or anywhere in between, BetOnline Sportsbook has you covered with all the props, odds, promos, and parlays this NFL Draft. Use our promo code BLEAV50, B-L-E-A-V-5-0, to get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with the link in the description to this episode. Bet online, where the game starts. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, or good night however and whenever it is you may be listening thank you for stopping into another fantabulous episode of the take it easy podcast live on the believe podcast network Except it isn't live because it is, as always, a podcast. And podcasts aren't live. That's the whole purpose of podcasts. You can listen to them however and whenever it is that you so choose. And ladies and gentlemen, we have got ourselves a great podcast. Because today is draft day, 2023. The NFL Draft has just started, and we are doing a live Take It Easy podcast, except it isn't live because it's a podcast. Live reactions during the NFL Draft on air here today. I've got a day off of work. I have got no more school to intervene. We have NFL Draft coverage here on the Take It Easy podcast, and Blake Jude is going to join us later on on during the weekend to break down the NFL draft. We're going to have Walter Mitchell join us to break down the NFL draft. We've got all sorts of content coming out around the NFL draft. And today, we are just going to react to the picks, to to the players selected, trades, moments that happen on the draft. We'll probably make it about 20 or so picks before we recap the rest of the draft We're stopping in at pick number one. Bryce Young is already pick number one. There's not a whole lot to add to it. We talked about this last week with Emil Fergoso and Nate Littlefield. We've talked about it with Blake Jude time and time again. Bryce Young, number one pick. But now that it's official, I just want to say thank you, thank you, thank you, Lovey Smith and Davis Mills. Thank you for saving Bryce Young from the Houston Texans. Thank you for saving that special talent, the greatest quarterback in the history of Southern California high school football, the Heisman Trophy winner as a sophomore, his first year as a starter. Thank you for saving Bryce Young from going to this awful, awful, awful Texans franchise. I know we're not going to be able to save C.J. Stroud. C.J. Stroud's going to have to end up on the Texans at the end of this anyways. But thank you, thank you for saving Bryce Young. We weren't going to be able to save everyone at least that special talent of Bryce Young is going to get a chance 
of working out. I know C.J. Stroud's going to have to be a special, special, special kind of talent in order to make this thing work in Houston. I know a lot of people do really support the Houston franchise and think that they're building something good. Let me just say, thank you that Bryce... I've been saying since April of last year, please don't let Bryce Young end up on the Houston Texans. And Bryce Young has been saved from Houston. Will it work out in Carolina? I have no idea. We're going to have to find out a little bit later. But at the same time, let's just be thankful that Bryce Young is in Carolina and CJ, someone was going to have to go to Houston and CJ Stroud, I believe in you. I believe that you can pull this off. I don't know how, but I believe that you can pull this off. Save yourself, CJ Stroud, in Houston because we saved, our 12-month campaign is final. It took a literal Hail Mary from Davis Mills it took a literal Hail Mary from Lovey Smith, who will never get to coach in the NFL again, but Lovey Smith won that last game of the season against the Colts on a Hail Mary to save Bryce Young. And it took Carolina trading up past Chicago. All that all of it had to fall perfectly into place. And now Bryce Young is a Carolina Panther. CJ Stroud is a Houston Texan. I'm rooting for you, CJ. I was there at the Rose Bowl when he put up 500 yards on Utah. I'm rooting for you, CJ. I just know the odds are stacked against you for what can only be described as the Texans in year four of a five-year rebuild as the worst-run franchise in all of North American professional sports. Speaking of horribly-run franchises with bigoted owners, the Arizona Cardinals, they have the number three pick. What are they going to do? I'm not sure. I could either fill some time here and wait to see what the pick becomes, or we could just think about potential trade possibilities. What is what is the possibility of the the Arizona Cardinals trading down from number three? What is the possibility of the Tennessee Titans jumping up? But now that C.J. Stroud's off the board, they're not interested in Will Levis or Anthony Richardson. Are the Colts going to try and jump up one spot? It doesn't seem like any of those are coming true, and I would presume that the Cardinals are going to take Will Anderson. But maybe the Cardinals are stupid. Maybe the Cardinals are going to say, you know, Tyree Wilson is less talented than Will Anderson, and while a first-round pick isn't quite identified as a top 10 pick as a 16-year-old like Will Anderson is not the number one prospect in the draft like CJ, uh, like Blake Jude talked about with Will Anderson. But hey, maybe the Cardinals will galaxy brain themselves into taking Tyree Wilson or Christian Gonzalez with the next pick. Because right now, when we're recording this, there's two minutes on that uh, that clock that says first pick or second pick or whatever it is. There's still two minutes left on the clock, so I presume that the Cardinals are going to keep the pick. We would have heard about a trade by this point if the Arizona Cardinals were going to trade the pick. And I guess we'll wait and see what happens because, I mean, we know C.J. Stroud. We know Bryce Young. We're waiting to see what the Cardinals have. They're talking to C.J. Stroud right now. By the way, just a side note real quick. So I didn't really do the follow-up to the draft. I didn't pay attention to the rumors. I didn't pay attention to the pregame shows or anything like that. I just jumped on cold turkey, started turning on the microphones, and went to the draft. One of the things they're doing this year is that the players get fitted for their hats in a in a window or a mirror in the hallway, walking from the green room to the stage. 
they are sitting, they're standing at this mirror, putting their hat on. I'm guessing it's uh, branded by New Era. And they have a camera in the mirror. Little bit wacky, little bit interesting. Oh my gosh, okay, wow. Okay, live on the air, we got it. Okay, flipping Schefter on, okay. There we go. So the Houston Texans just traded for the number three pick in the draft. Wow. Okay, wow. Houston is trading their sexual predator picks for... Wow, okay. So Houston is trading up to three, and they're going to pick Will Anderson. So Cardinals got pick 12... Pick 33, the Texans, a first-rounder next year. Could be the Texans, could be the Cleveland first-rounder, and a third-round pick, and then they get the Cardinals' fourth-rounder at the top of this year. Wow, okay. So it's basically number three for three first-round picks. It's just the last first-round pick is the first or the second pick of the Okay, so the the it's two first rounders and the second pick in the second round this year for Arizona. So wow, Arizona just got three first round picks for the top pick. Wow. Okay, Arizona got three first round picks for Will Anderson. That is interesting. That is interesting. So did the Arizona Cardinals just get the Houston Texans first round pick next year? No one's really confirmed it. They get a first rounder. They're not really saying which first rounder it is. This is a little bit confusing. It says a 2024 first, but the Texans have two 2024 firsts. I guess we'll see what ends up happening there, but I... Jeez, Houston gave up a lot for this draft. That's they gave up a lot for the, the for Will Anderson Jr. Wow, Houston. I mean, I know they had a, like a plethora of picks because they got the sexual predator exit clause that netted them three first round picks when they traded Deshaun Watson after they were super negligent. And in some cases, provided an NDA and the space in which there was in which Deshaun Watson committed acts of sexual assault against massage therapists, including renting hotels. We've done dozens of hours of reporting on this story. And so the Houston Texans at the end of all of that walk away by giving up what they got for the sexual predator in exchange for Will Anderson Jr. I mean, they gave up two first round picks plus their best second round pick in any years because they gave the one second round pick to the Dolphins so hey man good luck good luck Texans we'll see what ends up happening on that one good luck to you if they gave up their own first round pick man that's wild that's wild okay there we go now we got Anthony Richardson as the fourth pick in the draft I am glad the Colts are not stupid from what I understand, Anthony Richardson is better than Will Levis. I am glad the Colts are not dumb and they selected Richardson. Good for them. All right, so we know the Colts got Anthony Richardson. We know that the Texans walked away with Will Anderson and Oh, wow. Okay, so we bought a we bought a trade the Seattle pick. Okay, cool. 
We're, we are going to trade the Seattle pick, according to Ian Rappaport. Wow, this will be interesting to see how that plays out. Okay. So we're still following this Texans story. So the Texans now have Will Anderson and C.J. Stroud in exchange for four first-round picks because they spent the first-round pick on Stroud. They traded basically three first-round picks, including their own first-round pick next year for Will Anderson, which, look, I said the same thing before. Like, if you believe Will Anderson is that generation generational-type player, there's not a price you could pay me to move out of that pick. And, and clearly Arizona evaluated differently. They took the three first-round picks. They're going to have number 12. They're going to have two first-rounders next year. They're going to get 33 and 34 in this year's draft. So we'll see what they end up doing with that. Like, there's so many different options on the board there for Arizona. And, I mean, for Houston, like, it's interesting because these are the two best players in the class, according to Blake Jude. They got... C.J. Stroud and Anthony Richardson. There's not a whole lot of precedent for what Houston did, and Houston wasn't really sitting by and waiting to see what the move was. Houston kind of was like, we're going to give up three first-round picks for a star edge rusher, and we're going to get our franchise quarterback. Will we be able to support them? I don't know. We'll figure that out later. We got the bonus of we've been bad for three seasons. We're now walking away with the bonus picks that we got in exchange for basically at the end of the day for the sexual predator, they got three first round picks on the way out the door when they traded him and they just flipped two of those picks in and their tanking draft pick into Will Anderson, which I mean, we'll see what ends up happening. There's only so much I can break down from that move itself. I mean, it's, it's definitely a win. Blake Jude's going to come on here and say that it's a win. I just, I'm going to be curious to see two years from now what that looks like for Houston. So uh, we'll see what ends up happening there. Not a whole lot to break down with Anthony Richardson going to the Colts. I kind of already did the analysis on that one. Congratulations to you, Anthony Richardson, for going to at least a semi-stable organization. I know Jim Irsay is kind of getting involved here. By the way, isn't it kind of funny that like at the end of the day, Jim Irsay and... Frank Reich and Chris Ballard all basically said, we are not going through this revolving door of quarterbacks. They spent four years, uh, no, five years post-Andrew Luck going through the revolving door of Jacoby Brissett, Phillip Rivers, Carson Wentz, Matt Ryan. They spent four years in the revolving door of quarterbacks, and both of them, Frank Reich in Carolina, Jim Irsay, Chris Ballard there with the Colts, both of them said, we are not going through that shit again. So I guess who's the new, I guess the Raiders are the new version of the Colts. The Raiders are the team that just alternates between Derek Carr, Jimmy Garoppolo, whoever the next version of that's going to be. I guess the Raiders are, are going to be the new version of what the Colts are because the Colts are getting a first. Colts and Panthers, as long as we've been doing a podcast, the Colts and Panthers have been a punchline for never investing in the quarterback position, never tanking correctly. I mean, granted, Carolina had to trade three first-round picks to get up to the top of the draft, but Carolina basically finally said we're going to go get a quarterback the Colts spent a season losing and their franchise falling apart Jonathan Taylor battling injury and both of them decided you know what we're going to take a quarterback fuck it we are done with all of this waiting around and losing and uh, you know I guess we'll see what ends up happening down the road for the Colts and the Panthers because those two teams are I mean 
besides the Texans, which, like, I don't even know what to say about the Texans beyond this point now. Like, the fact that they walked away with Will Anderson and C.J. Stroud is wild. But besides those two, I mean, the Panthers and Colts have been punchlines for a while. And, you know, only one or two of these quarterbacks is going to be a 10-year starter in the NFL. Just doing the math, maybe two of these four quarterbacks are going to be 10-year starters in the NFL and quarterbacks that you actually want on your team because – Sometimes 10-year starter can mean 10 years on two different teams. Sometimes it can mean quarterback purgatory. The Not all these quarterbacks are going to pan out. The Colts and the Panthers might get the two good ones. Because like I said, I don't really trust the Texans to get this shit right on C.J. Stroud. Besides the point, though, the, the Carolina Panthers are in an interesting position where they don't really... The Carolina Panthers don't really have a track record of success or failure, so watching this play out for them, I mean, I don't know whose quarterback is going to work out. I'd bet more on Bryce Young than Will, than Anthony Richardson. I've never watched Anthony Richardson tape, so man, it'll be interesting to see how those quarterbacks pan out in those situations, because both those teams have been punchlines for literally as long as we've been doing this podcast, and that is four years. This is our fourth NFL draft, literally as long as the draft has been around. The Colts and Panthers have been punchlines for not picking quarterbacks and not tanking correctly. All right, let's see. Seattle Seahawks select Devin Witherspoon. Okay, he's the number one corner off the board. I am not going to say I'm shocked by that because it was either him or Gonzalez. And Blake Jude had, let's see, where did Blake Jude put down Christian, uh, sorry, Devin Witherspoon. Uh, They went for corner, which may, I mean, they had two good rookie corners, and they're going to double down on the cornerback position. Okay, there you go. He had Witherspoon as a 93, had him as his number one corner. Oh, he had him and Gonzalez with the same grade. So Witherspoon and Gonzalez, both 93s, both top 10 prospects. Witherspoon is the fourth best defensive prospect on Blake Jude's board, and that's the pick that the Seattle Seahawks went with. You can't fault them for that one. That's a That's a pretty good pick. Uh, they got, obviously, Tariq Woolen, who finished third for Defensive Rookie of the Year. I don't think we did a mock draft where we had Seattle picking a corner. And I think if we had most of the mock drafts we did had Christian Gonzalez as the number one corner. But Blake Jude pretty much was confident, like, hey, Witherspoon and Witherspoon and Gonzalez were one and two, and they were a pretty clear one and two on his board. I'm looking at his grades right now. Joey Porter was a 91, which was 14th. Well, tied for 12th, he had Joey Porter. He had Deontay Banks as an 89. That's the end of the first round. He had four first-round corners, and those four first-round corners, two of them were top 10 picks, and the Seahawks took one of those top two. So Witherspoon, Woolen, I forgot, uh, Kobe Bryant, that was the fourth-round pick they had. Man, Seahawks got a good cornerback room. Am I forgetting anybody on the Seahawks right now? Seahawks basically in in two drafts just reinvented their cornerback room and made it I mean they didn't Woolen was someone who we had as a mock in a first round it's one of the players that Blake Jude went out on a limb in favor of it's one of the better predictions that he's made yeah man they got Tariq Woolen Kobe Bryant and now Devin Witherspoon is their left corner probably their outside corner I don't know who's going to slide into the nickel or what they do with Quandre Diggs playing in there not the the deepest defensive analyst it's just interesting and uh yeah good job Seattle you got a top 10 prospect didn't reach on anybody 
maybe they'll be maybe Devin Witherspoon will be your Denzel Ward. Remember when uh remember when the Browns had two top five picks and they took Baker Mayfield and then they took Denzel Ward? Everyone was like, How could you pick Denzel Ward? He was supposed to go in the middle of the first round and Denzel Ward was actually I mean, there were a couple of good picks at the top there. Like, they could have had Bradley Chubb or Quentin Nelson, but Denzel Ward is an all-pro corner, so maybe Devin Witherspoon is their lockdown number one corner who is actually a top prospect. All right, I had to cut in real quick here because we had some news and a call and all that stuff. So, okay, the Arizona Cardinals just traded back to the top six and recreated the Jalen Waddle trade from two years ago and now are picking Paris Johnson Jr., which leads me to my favorite part of the draft every year, which is when a team has to pretend to be excited about an offensive lineman. Because no one goes into the draft expecting offensive linemen. You expect to get C.J. Stroud or Will Anderson. Like last year with the Carolina Panthers, it was funny how they were drafting Ike and McQuanu, and you had Panthers fans in the crowd who were like, yeah, let's go, we got a left tackle, he's gonna block so well for us, and it's always funny when people have to get excited about tackles, and now the Arizona Cardinals, after a wheeling and dealing first round, now walk away with an offensive tackle, which isn't bad. Like, the Arizona Cardinals needed offensive line help. They had 10 different offensive line combinations. But as someone who covers the Cardinals, and we'll talk about this pick in depth with Walter Mitchell, so I'm not going to go too deep into it. As so, as someone who saw the Arizona Cardinals, they probably should have gone with Tyree Wilson. They probably should have gone Tyree Wilson. I'm looking at Blake Jude's board here, and Paris Johnson was the number 11th ranked prospect. He was a 91 grade, which is not terrible. They just gave up two first-round picks for it, and Tyree Wilson is a 95 on the board. I mean, they weren't going to pick Jalen Carter for obvious reasons, but Christian Gonzalez was sitting there with a 93 as Blake Jude has graded him. I just am surprised that they went the way that they did because one, it's an offensive tackle, and two, they gave up two first-round picks. Like when the Dolphins traded for Jalen Waddle, because again, we're basically recreating that trade. Trey Lance from 12 to 3, and then the Cardinals, and then so when Trey Lance was traded, the Dolphins went from 3 to 12, and then traded from six to traded from 12 to 6 with the Philadelphia Eagles in order to get Jalen Waddle, And the Eagles walked away with Devonta Smith, and while Jalen Waddle might be better than Devonta Smith, it's not really that much. It's not worth a first-round pick of a difference between Jalen Waddle and Devonta Smith. The Cardinals really wanted Paris Johnson Jr., and look, you could have taken uh, another offensive lineman later in the draft. You could have taken Tyree Wilson later in the draft, I'm not really sure where the Cardinals were going. And maybe Tyree Wilson isn't on the board that late. Like, whatever the the case may be. Like, you could have gotten a top 10 prospect at the 12 pick, and they reached on someone who was an 11th-ranked prospect, and the Cardinals are kind of in a position where they had so many needs that they should have just taken the best player available. And according to Blake Jude, that was Tyree Wilson. And even if they wait until 
pick 12 and maybe we'll recircle back to this at pick 12 like even if you wait to take best player available at pick 12 you're probably getting one of the two top offensive linemen or you're getting one of the two top edge rushers or you're getting one of the two top corners one of those players is going to fall and I, unless you really love a certain prospect I would play the game of just take the best available player. So, uh, you know, it's okay. The Cardinals still have the Texans. They basically flipped pick 33 and pick 34. So the Cardinals still get a first rounder next year. They only get one pick at the top of the second round now, which is okay. It just would have sat at 12 and made the double picks because two players, including getting uh, first round talent at second round prices, I think would have been a better move for the Cardinals than trading back up to number six. Because, like, Blake Jude sees Paris Johnson as just kind of a dude. And maybe Blake Jude will come on and speak differently of it when we see him later on this weekend. Just, okay. I mean, it's not bad. It's just not great either to give up two first-round picks for an offensive lineman who consensus says is not a can't-miss prospect. Maybe he turns into a pro bowler, maybe he turns into an all-pro player, and then we reevaluate, and there's obviously that. Like, I'm not doing draft analysis that way. It's just based on the probabilities, the probability of Paris Johnson being a left tackle for the next 15 years for the Cardinals is maybe not even worth the two first-round picks that they gave up given how far away the Cardinals are, given how many needs they have, and given that it looks like there's going to be two, three, four corners or defensive ends or even tackles who slide down to that 12 spot they could have had. And I think the Eagles are a good model for that two years ago, and the Cardinals are going to play the game of the Miami Dolphins, which the Dolphins turned out okay. They just gave up two first-round picks for Jalen Waddle, and I'm not sure I would have given up two first-round picks for Jalen Waddell when one of those first-round picks turned into Heisman Trophy-winning receiver Devonta Smith. Granted, it's a different situation. Granted, offensive tackle is a different position group. It's just a strange situation and strange choice that the Cardinals made at the end of it. And probably at the end of all of this, given the three teams involved are the Texans, the Lions, and the Cardinals, maybe everyone feels unhappy in this situation. But you know what? The Lions are changing their reputation. Brad Holmes has had two good drafts in a row. They have a boatload of fucking draft picks now. I mean, they, they've got pick 12. They've got pick 18. They've got pick 34. They've got the Vikings second rounder. They've got their second rounder. They are doing the, the Eagles strategy of let's just get a shit ton of picks, build depth with young players. Like They are doing this thing right. They've already done all the losing. Now let's just take as many shots at the board as possible. So if you think back to the 2021 trade with Trey Lance, you know who ended up working out great at the end of all of that? The Eagles who traded back from 6 to 12. You know who turned out okay? The Niners and the Dolphins. We took about a 20-minute break to react to the uh, the hilarious news that Bijan Robinson is going to the Atlanta Falcons. Because, like, Arthur Smith wants to run the 2019 Titans offense, which is, as he did last year, when Marcus Mariota throws an interception, run the football on 16 consecutive plays. That's what, the, that's what the Falcons did. They ran the ball 16 consecutive plays after Marcus Mariota threw an interception. 
And my entire confusion around that is why are you drafting Drake London and Kyle Pitts with top 10 picks if you aren't going to use them in your offense? If Kyle Pitts is going to have one of the worst fantasy football disappointing seasons because you just don't want to use him in the passing attack. Well, now at least they used a top 10 pick on a position player that makes sense. We talked about this before with Blake Jude. He had Bijan Robinson as the highest graded prospect in the class, tied with Will Anderson. Didn't seem likely he'd fall outside the top 10. And Arthur Smith is going to grind his knees to fucking dust. Their offensive line is aight. Their quarterback is not good. They don't want a good quarterback. Man, they are going to run Bijan Robinson to the ground. Pick Bijan Robinson on your fantasy team next year. As long as he doesn't get hurt, Bijan is going to be cooking, cooking next year for the Falcons. And Arthur Smith is going to use him like his Derrick Henry. And we can congratulate Arthur Smith on his three-year-long quest of finally reassembling the 2019 Titans. We've been joking about this four years and he finally did it the crazy man finally did it congratulations arthur smith you've got your derrick henry you've reassembled your 2019 titans you want to run the football 20 times a game you've now got cordero patterson and Bijan robinson congratulations to you congratulations to arthur smith Harry Douglas, Arthur Blank, Dante Fowler, Michael Vick, Devin Hester Hayden, Hurston Caleb McGarry, Tack McKinley, Deion Sanders, Michael Turner, Grady Jarrett, Austin Hooper, Tevin Coleman, Tony Gonzalez. Warwick Dunn, Brent Grimes, Kyle Pitts, Des Turfont, Leftwich, Julio, Mascot Has Creepy Eyes, Darren Holland, KZ, Maddie won an MVP, AJ Terrell, Duron Harmon, Russell Gage, Vic Beasley, we're the Atlanta Falcons, we're always flying and we keep on trying, we're the Atlanta Falcons, we keep blowing leads but we try to fight it. Steven Jackson, Jalen Mayfield, Dan Quinn, and Shanahan, Jeff, George, Jake, Matthews, Fabian, Moreau, Mike Davis, Ito Smith, Devonta Freeman's Pro Bowl, Jockeys, Rogers, Asante, Samuel, Young Way, Dean Pease, Mike Smith had a winning team, Henry Crockett, Petrino, Calvin Ridley, Jaden Graham, Deion Jones, Tajay Sharp, Daryl is a running back, Chris Lindstrom, D'Angelo Hall, some dude names a Keyes, we're the Atlanta Falcons. We're always flying and we keep on trying. We're the Atlanta Falcons. We keep blowing leads, but we try and fight it. Dirty Bird, bring it back. Roddy White and Alex Mack. Alford, Luke McCown, Super Bowl. Prostitutes, Justin Hardy, Matt Schaub, Atlanta Braves. Baseball beat with an onside kick. Dirt Cutter's an idiot. Corey Peters, Richie Grant, Chris Chandler, Paul Warlow, Lee Smith, Jay Brown, Super Bowl's a no-go, Sanu Brooks, Reed, Mike Pinnell, Matt Hennessy, Dwight Freeney, Toy Lolo, don't score that ball, Todd Gurley. We're the Atlanta Falcons, we're always flying and we keep on trying, 
We're the Atlanta Falcons. We keep blowing leads and we try to fight it. All right, so we are currently joining you live at pick number 13. I want to go live to see what the Packers and the Patriots do. Just going back a little bit, so something interesting has happened now. So the top eight players that Blake Jude put in all went off the board. His top eight prospects, all players graded 93 or higher, except for Christian Gonzalez, which we'll get back to that in a second. Of the top 12 picks that Blake Jude has on his board, He had 10 of the top 11 go at the top of the draft, which is interesting because normally I'm like, people overthink this, they galaxy brain their draft picks, all that stuff. In this case, the top picks were taken based on overall grades, and I'm just going to go through the top picks right now that Blake Jude have. Christian Gonzalez permitting, we'll come back to that one in a second. So you've got Will Anderson, the number one graded prospect, he went third to the Texans as they traded up with the Cardinals. Two, Bijan Robinson, he went to the Falcons at eight. Three, C.J. Stroud, he went to the Texans at number two. Number four, Bryce Young, number one pick. Number five was Tyree Wilson, who we talked about in depth with the Arizona Cardinals, who could have had him at number six. They went Paris Johnson Jr. instead, but the Cardinals... With the car, we talked about Tyree Wilson. He went one pick after to the Raiders, which Raiders in that circumstance, well done. You got a top five player at the seven pick. That is good value. Hopefully, Tyree Wilson will become your Kayvon Thibodeau, and you don't have to trade Max Crosby for salary cap purposes. So, Tyree Wilson went seven. Jalen Carter went nine to the Eagles, who flipped nine and ten with the Bears so that they could guarantee themselves Jalen Carter from another team who might be trading up with Chicago. So Jalen Carter ended up going to the Eagles. Now the three best players from the 2021 Georgia defense are all on the same team. And I don't think any of them will be immediate day one starters next year. I'm sure Blake Jude will have many thoughts on that one. So I'm going to save the analysis for him. Tied for sixth, Devin Witherspoon. He was the fifth pick in the draft. Peter Skaronsky was uh, tied for sixth as well. He went to the Titans at 11, which, by the way, Blake Jude and I in our mock draft 2.0, we had Peter Skaronsky going to the Tennessee Titans. Nice little flex right there. Also in our mock draft 2.0, I know this is uh, not as relevant here, but we had Lucas Van Ness going at number 12, which was the highest that we had him getting drafted in any mock. And lo and behold, Lucas Van Ness from Iowa selected by the Green Bay Packers at number 13. Now we'll get to that in a second with Blake Jude's board, but back to this. So number nine is Christian Gonzalez. Christian Gonzalez still on the board at pick 14. So he's the one player who's sliding. But remember last year, Kyle Hamilton was Blake Jude's number two overall prospect, and Kyle Hamilton slid to 14 before he was picked by the Ravens and immediately became all pro because, of course, if you give the Ravens the number two prospect in the class, he will turn into a star. So... Then you have Chris, so you have Christian Gonzalez sliding a little bit. Eleven, as we mentioned earlier, Paris Johnson Jr. He went to the Cardinals at six. Number ten was really interesting because it's Jameer Gibbs. Jameer Gibbs got picked at number twelve by the Detroit Lions. The Lions traded back. And by the way, update on that trade with the Cardinals. So the Lions, we talked about it earlier. The Lions also flipped a third round pick 
for a fifth round pick with the Cardinals. So that trade looks a little bit better for Arizona in terms of they gave up pick 34, but they also moved up from fifth round to third round. So it was basically they gave up number six or they gave up number 12, number 34, and a fifth rounder in exchange for number six and a third round pick from Detroit, which looks a little bit better than just giving up two first round picks for Paris Johnson Jr. The Arizona Cardinals picked Paris Johnson Jr. The Lions picked Jameer Gibbs, both of whom were top prospects according to Blake Jude. So what's interesting this year is apart from Christian Gonzalez, which isn't as egregious as, for example, Kyle Hamilton, the number two overall prospect last year sliding to 14, Christian Gonzalez is is tied for sixth, and he's sliding down the board to potentially the Patriots to potentially the oh no the Pittsburgh Steelers just traded up to number 14 so Pittsburgh's probably going to take Christian Gonzalez with this pick or maybe they're uh oh no it looks like bro Derek Jones is going to be Pittsburgh's pick okay so okay Pittsburgh traded up for an offensive lineman interesting so Pittsburgh is going to go with bro Derek Jones from Georgia uh, let's see how that fits into what we're talking about here. So Broderick Jones right there at 16. So there you go. Broderick Jones is a um, sort of fitting into the mold that we were talking about. So, I mean, what's interesting about Gibbs is like the Lions traded back and then made a premium pick. Detroit has four picks in the second round and they have the 18 pick in this year's draft. So Detroit basically made a premium pick and chose Jameer Gibbs, which I think is really interesting because... People are going with best prospects available. Now, some teams are pickier than others. I mean, like we said earlier, the Jalen Carter fall, the Devin Witherspoon pick was a bit of a reach, Bijan sliding from two to eight, but people thought Bijan might slide out of the top 15. So it's really interesting to see that play out um, with the picks is that there is no player other than maybe Gonzalez who's really sliding this year. I think that's really interesting. Now, the Bears reached a little bit to take Darnell Wright. He was Blake Jude's 15th prospect, uh, but was the best offensive lineman still on the board, so not too big of a reach by Blake Jude's standards. He had Darnell Wright and Bro Derek Jones as the same grade, and so taking Darnell Wright wasn't that surprising. He was the best lineman still left available. Bears took him at number 10, and then the Steelers obviously just traded up for Broderick Jones, which, by the way, if we're going back to uh, the mock that we did before on Mock Draft 4.0, we had this pick for the Patriots at 14. We had Broderick Jones as the 14 pick in the draft going to the Patriots. Now he's going to go to the Pittsburgh Steelers, and I feel like we can chalk that one up as a victory. We knew where Broderick Jones was going to get picked. We had him going to the Patriots. I can't take credit for this one. This one is a Blake Jude pick through and through. Blake Jude nailed the Broderick Jones pick. So congratulations to Blake Jude for getting that one right. And now if we if we zoom out to the first 14 picks of the draft, you have 10 of the top 11 prospects, 15 gets taken, 16 gets taken, and... Then you have a little bit of a jump with Lucas Van Ness, who Blake Jude had as his 25th graded prospect. Still a first rounder, but a bit of a reach by the Green Bay Packers. 
which the Packers are kind of known for reaching on defensive guys now, whether it's Quay Walker, whether it's Eric Stokes, the last two years now reaching on Lucas Van Ness. Uh, they traded up to get Rashawn Gary when people didn't think Rashawn Gary would be the 12th pick in the draft uh, about four years ago now. So the, the Packers do this sometimes, and it's not that big of a deal. They needed edge rusher, and they get Lucas Van Ness, who... Uh, according to Blake Jude's grade, uh, was behind Miles Murphy and Nolan Smith, so they reached a little bit. But the overall macro trend that I think is interesting is the best prospects are getting picked. There's not people reaching for a player that they like. There's not people galaxy-braining themselves. And the running backs, who again, two are... Blake Jude has two in the top 10 of overall prospects. Both of them got picked in the top 12. There was no slide of running backs. The running backs were graded in the top 10. Both of them got picked in the top 12. Bijan's case, he got picked at number 8, which was higher than most people thought Bijan Robinson would get selected. So, interesting that nobody is galaxy-braining themselves out of a draft pick. Now, maybe you could argue that Lucas Van Ness is galaxy-braining yourself a little bit. However, Broderick Jones getting picked, Darnell Wright getting picked as a top prospect, And unlike the last two years where Micah Parsons fell as the number one defensive prospect, as someone Blake Jude called a blue chipper, and for good reason, as Micah Parsons fell from number two overall prospect to the 12th pick in the draft, as Kyle Hamilton fell from number two overall prospect to the 14th pick in the draft, there has been no such fall this year. And even though two of the top 10 prospects were running backs, Both of them got picked in the top 12. So I know it sounds obvious the top players are getting picked with the top picks. That's not always the case. And this year has been a relatively chalk draft in terms of the best players getting picked. The spicy part has been the teams that they've gotten selected to. Because Will Anderson and CJ Stroud ending up on the Texans. Anthony Richardson ending up on the Colts. Paris Johnson Jr. ending up on the Cardinals, Tyree Wilson ending up on the Raiders, Jameer Gibbs going to the Lions, and Bijan going to the Falcons. Spicy teams, but when you look at it from the macro, the best players are getting picked at the top of the draft. There has been no major prospect that has slid down the draft. And yes, I know Will Levis is still available. He is not a top prospect. And I'm glad that the NFL has finally stopped being stupid around the Mac Jones, Will Levis type quarterback. is so disgruntled with Green Bay Packers that he has told some within the organization that he does not want to return to the team. And so we have a standoff here that nobody knows exactly where it's going. He is not making this about money. He wants out of there and he's telling you there is no amount of money. We want him back in the worst way. I know he knows that. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll continue to work at it. The situation between the Green Bay Packers and Devontae Adams is not good as far as this weekend as far as training camp we will see there's been one message consistently coming out of Aaron Rodgers camp and and that's I don't want to be here all right so Aaron Rodgers is a jet it's official spent months not talking about it don't really want to talk about it now the Jets reached on Will McDonald who Blake Jude did not have as a first round prospect 
So, yeah, here we are. Also, you know how we were talking about how the best players were all getting picked at the top of the draft, regardless of position, regardless of value? Yeah, man, the Patriots traded down from 14 and still ended up with the best corner in the draft class, according to Blake Jude. They got Christian Gonzalez, tied for sixth best prospect. The last 10 minutes of this show were spent talking about how the best players were picked at the top of the draft, regardless of position, and then the number six, tied for sixth best prospect in the class, fell to 17, and the New England Patriots got him. I had said there was no Micah Parsons falling to Dallas at 12. There was no Kyle Hamilton falling to Baltimore at 14, like last year. Well, now there is, because Christian Gonzalez is a New England Patriot. And if everyone had Christian Gonzalez graded higher than Emmanuel Forbes, if Blake Jude had Christian Gonzalez tied for sixth on his prospect rankings had Emmanuel Forbes as his 29th overall prospect in an 87 grade. He had him as a second round grade. And the Washington racial slurs took Emmanuel Forbes at 16. And the Patriots took Christian Gonzalez, the more talented prospect, at 17. I feel pretty certain saying right now, Christian Gonzalez is going to be a future star and Emmanuel Forbes is going to waste away the early parts of his career in Washington. I feel like historical precedent says we can kind of write that one down and uh, we don't need to do any more analysis on their careers. Uh, Christian Gonzalez is going to be a star with the Patriots and Washington is going to be a team that continues to flounder potentially under non-Dan Snyder ownership, but There's a reason why Washington has not made it to the conference championship in 20 years, and there's a reason why the Patriots are the Patriots, and it is that right there. Emmanuel Forbes at 16, Christian Gonzalez at 17. Congratulations, Patriots. You get to continue being young and strong on defense because last year Bill Belichick turned a bunch of dudes who got cut by the Giants and Dolphins into a top five defense. Imagine what happens when you give them the sixth best prospect overall in the draft class. And according to Blake Jude, tied for third best defensive prospect in the entire draft class. It's probably, if I'm going back and thinking now, this is the best pick that the Patriots have had in 20 years. Because I'm thinking of the last four years when they haven't been in the top 20 of the draft or where they have been in the top 20 of the draft and they took they took Mac Jones in 2021 last year they traded back and took Cole Strange the year they missed the playoffs with Brady or I'm sorry the year they lost in the first round with Brady in 2020 they took, I'm trying to, uh, did, they traded out of the first round again that year because the Chargers traded up and got Kenneth Murray. So the Patriots didn't have a first round pick that year. They didn't have, they picked Mac Jones at 19 the year before. And then last year they traded back. So yeah, this is the most talented prospect that the New England Patriots have selected in 20 plus years. I'm going to say this is the first top... I'm going to have to go back a long ways to find the last top 10 prospect that was picked by New England. So, 
Uh, congratulations, Patriots. Good for you on uh, trading back for the third year, third time in four years and walking away with the most talented prospect you have selected in the last 20 years. All right, so I am getting ready to switch over to the final three minutes of this Boston Celtics versus Atlanta Hawks game. It's game six. It's tied at 113. We've gotten into the 20s in the NFL draft, which for my money is basically just as much of a crapshoot as the second round. I don't watch the second round of the draft. I'll peep in on the 20s picks. So let's just rapid fire through some of these draft picks that just went off the board. So Kalijah Cansey, 19 to Tampa. Blake Jude's guy, Kalijah Cansey. The last mock draft that we did, Blake Jude jumped him from end of the first round. I remember we did the the second mock draft. He said, I wanted to get Kalijah Cansey in here just to talk about him. And he got Kalijah Cansey at the very end of the first round. And then the last mock draft that we did... He had Kalijah Cansey at number 16, and Kalijah Cansey ended up at number 19 in the draft with Tampa. So I'm sure Blake Jude's going to have a lot to say about Kalijah Cansey getting picked. Uh, Detroit Lions took Jack Campbell, second round guy, reached on him. Blake Jude will have thoughts on that. Jackson Smith and Jigba ended up on the Seahawks, which I wasn't sure if the Seahawks would pull the trigger on wide receiver in the first round. I knew they weren't going to pick quarterback once they got to pick 20. They weren't about to pick no Will Levis. Yeah, at, even at pick 20, they weren't going to pick Will Levis. I wasn't sure if they'd pull the trigger on wide receiver. They did end up making the call. I'm shocked that Jackson Smith and Jigba didn't go 15 to the Jets, specifically because the Jets ended up reaching on Will McDonald. But you know what? Jackson Smith and Jigba on the Seahawks is going to be fun. We'll see what happens with that offense of DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett and Kenneth Walker and now Jackson Smith and Jigba. They're going to be fun, man. The Seahawks the Seahawks were already fun. They're going to be even more fun next year potentially with Jackson Smith and Jigba. Hope he has a, a breakout year as a 1,000-yard slot receiver or whatever he ends up becoming. And then Chargers took Quentin Johnson. It's a very Chargers pick. Not only are we going to pick a receiver, we're going to pick a receiver that's basically Mike Williams 2.0. Let's see how the Chargers do with this one. Historical precedent says the Chargers aren't going to do very good with it. I think they probably could have done some other things in this draft. But you know what? Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, and Quinton Johnson. It's just as intriguing as the DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, and Jackson Smith and Jigba accommodation in Seattle. I think Seattle's probably better positioned, but the good news for the Chargers is Justin Herbert is their quarterback.
so let's keep rolling on. I think this is going to be our last uh, draft segment here. So two more receivers went back to back after the Chargers. 22, we saw the Ravens take Zay Flowers, which, man, Lamar Jackson signing a contract extension on the same day that they draft Zay Flowers. Man, Baltimore, I mean, it, it seemed pretty obvious for the last week or so that the Lamar contract extension was coming, and some point soon we'll get our buddy Daniel Wilcox on to talk more about the Baltimore Ravens, but I mean, it seemed like the extension was coming. They got it done before the draft, and then it seemed almost too obvious that they would pick a receiver with this spot and they did get a receiver who you know Blake Jude had him as his number two receiver other people had him as their number one receiver or sorry Blake Jude had him as his number three receiver behind uh, Jordan Addison who got picked one pick later by the Minnesota Vikings so I mean some people had him as their number one some people had him as their number two number three there was basically four first round receivers or you know middle of the first round guys I mean in Blake Jude's mock Addison was 22 Quentin Johnson was 26, Zay Flowers was 27, uh, tied for 26 with Quentin Johnson. So all these guys were basically around the same and it was kind of just a personal preference thing. Baltimore didn't get Jackson Smith and Jigba. Baltimore didn't get, uh, who did we say a second ago? Oh, they didn't get um, Quentin Johnson, which I don't think they were really interested in Quentin Johnson, but Zay Flowers paired with Odell Beckham, paired with Rashad Bateman, who was playing like a solid receiver when he was healthy. I mean, Bateman's kind of now their number three in that. I mean, maybe Flowers is the number three and Bateman's the two. So, like, we'll see what happens there. Um, and they obviously still have Mark Andrews. That'll be interesting to watch. Minnesota, man, I was really hoping. I don't know if you guys were watching the Bleacher Report draft show. I was really hoping that uh, Kirk Cousins was going to be on the Bleacher Report show and the Vikings picked Will Levis live on the air. I was super hoping for that to be the result that we got to see and that would have been super funny to watch happen but no they went Jordan Addison just swapped Thielen for Addison the same way they swapped Stefan Diggs for Justin Jefferson at literally the exact same pick I mean Justin Jefferson was 22 and the pick that no they had 23 this year so literally 22 and 23 they alternated Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen, which was one of the best one-two receiver combos in the NFL, traded Stephon Diggs, immediately added Justin Jefferson. We've done a podcast before about how that might be the most equal trade in NFL history between Stephon Diggs going to Buffalo, Justin Jefferson going to the Vikings. Both of them have been top four receivers in the NFL since the trade three years ago. And then this year they got rid of Adam Thielen, immediately replaced him with Jordan Addison, and now the receiving room is Justin Jefferson, Jordan Addison, KJ Osborne, TJ Hawkinson. They might have Dalvin Cook. They might not have Dalvin Cook. Alexander Madison can slide in as the number one running back. He's basically been the best number two in the NFL for the past three or four years now. So, I mean, it'll be interesting to watch what the Vikings do with that. Cool. Four receivers went back to back to back. Ravens got Zay Flowers. Vikings got Jordan Addison. The 24 pick was Deontay Banks to the Giants. The Giants, that was funny, man. The Giants gave up three picks to move up one spot. And then the Jaguars just traded back with Buffalo to 
let Buffalo go up to 25. I'm going to guess Buffalo maybe takes a corner here, and that's probably why the Giants gave up two first round, or sorry, two extra picks to move up one spot in the middle of the second round, or sorry, middle of the first round. Sorry, guys, it's been a long day. Uh, no, the Bills went Dalton Kincaid. Interesting. Okay. So Buffalo took Dalton Kincaid as a tight end, jumping ahead of the Bengals and jumping ahead of the Cowboys to make sure they got their tight end of the future, who they could pair as a receiving threat on the end better than Dawson Knox. That'll be interesting. So Buffalo took a tight end. The Giants took a corner. The Jaguars traded back twice. They now have like four extra picks at the back day three of the draft. So the Jaguars are just going to add some depth. And good for good for Buffalo. Buffalo got their guy above the Cowboys. I'm going to guess the Cowboys take either... Darnell Washington or Michael Mayer with the 26th pick in the draft. That's going to be my guess. It's probably why Buffalo traded up ahead of Dallas so that they could get a tight end. Nice job, Buffalo. And if they gave up one or two bottom of the first or a bottom of the draft picks today, well, let's just remember that Buffalo hasn't drafted a Pro Bowler since the Josh Allen 2018 draft class. So. They don't really need those back-of-day-two picks, now do they? They're not really turning them into anything, so give up a pick or two, move up to get your tight end of the future. That might be an impact player. We'll see what happens with our buddy Dalton Kincaid. The rest of the picks will break down another day here on the Take It Easy podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for stopping in here to our live NFL Draft Show. We appreciate you so much for stopping in and supporting our dreams. Make sure to leave a five-star review, download, continue all of your support. Any and all is greatly appreciated. We appreciate you stopping in to our NFL Draft Live Show 2023. Blake Jude's going to come on to talk. Walter Mitchell's going to come on to talk. We're going to have all sorts of draft analysis continuing over the next week or so. And we're going to break down some NBA stuff. The Miami Heat knocked out the Bucks in five. And it was a legit spanking of the Bucks. Bucks blew 12-point fourth quarter leads and 16-point fourth quarter leads in game four and five. We're obviously going to be talking about that in the week to come. All that and more. We got that coming up in the next few days. So thank you for stopping in. Take it easy. We'll talk to you again next week. Enjoy the weekend. Enjoy the draft. Take it easy. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.